Hey everybody, welcome to Licked and Loaded. I'm Laura Desiree, and I know how hard it is to keep up to date with all of the many podcasts that you listen to. I'm starting to think that there are more podcasts being made than there are people available to listen to them. I, I don't know about you, but every time I'm on social media and I find myself exploring new accounts and new people, voila, everyone has a podcast. Uh, and this one comes out weekly. So I know it's easy to miss an episode here or there, but that's why we like to do these. Today I am walking you down memory lane and we're checking out some of my favorite moments in this past season of Licked and Loaded. It's been an absolute blast. We've gone to some crazy places with such a wide variety of individuals. Um, I think you're really gonna love this. So here is your fast track to getting all caught up with every possible happening here on Licked and Loaded. We'll get things started with one of my favorite, favorite adult stars today, mainly because she's not just sensational and total dynamite on camera. She is such an amazing person, so sweet, so easy to talk to, and she happens to be German, and I have an affinity for German people. I love everything about them, their, their sensibility, their sense of humor, and their sex appeal. They have a lot of it in in my opinion. So uh, I'm going to introduce you once again to the episode we filmed with the beautiful Texas Patty. Now I wanted to know all about Patty's relationship with her fans. I notice when I'm on her social media that she replies and responds to everything that they comment, every possible post that they make on her content. It's like this non-stop conversation and I wanted to know exactly how important that is to her. And how much a part of her brand it really is to be that accessible. So please check out the beautiful Texas Patty here on Licked and Loaded. Can we get into what it is about your fan interactions that gives them this experience? For me personally, I have a really, per not for sure, not with everyone because it's too much. Yeah. But they're like a couple of guys. They're texting me, sending me DMs. And for sure, I can't answer all the um, uh, DMs. But if they, if they're like some guys, are really really nice in a nice way, like wish me especially to Christmas, Merry Christmas, hopefully you have a great, also enjoying with your family. Not the normal thing, like okay, when is your next time? When is your next next uh, films coming up? And when is your next release? Not kind of stuff like this. And I appreciate it so much. So I want to give it back. Mm -hmm. And um, for sure, sometimes I send them like uh, private stuff, pictures, like from Patrick and me, because the rest of the family, for sure, nobody knows who it is. And this is good, like it is. Um, but like private pictures and um uh, also when i do um uh, sometimes like feature webcam shows or something uh sometimes patrick is joining me and just comes in and everybody's like who, who is this it's my husband oh really and wow so we have a whole communication with honestly mostly guys yeah. and patrick together but they like it because i take 
I take them with me, you know, when I travel to Germany, it's not a big secret. It's like, I know they are like girls who's showing only one room because they don't want that the people see how they live, what the interior is, whatever. I don't care because it's my life. And I made the decision when I went into um, such a public figure that I will share my life. This was the decision as well. So I don't care about this. The only thing is, and everybody knows this, um, when somebody asking me about like family, mother, father, whatever, that sorry. Yeah. I don't yeah. But this is a private thing. I don't want to answer this. Everybody respect this and said, no, I got it. It's okay. I said, make sure everybody knows what I'm doing. Also my family for sure, but I don't tell you anymore. Yeah. So, and I think this is a reason why the people are so um, good also to me because they see, hey, I, I, I'm kind of a part of her life. And whenever she wants to take me with her, I'm with her. Mm -hmm. And I think this is kind of a secret. I, I, actually, I don't have really secrets. I'm not the person. For sure, when I take pictures, they have to be looking cute and nice. <laughs> But also, like here in your show, um, I'm not the person who wake up in the morning and every time have a perfect makeup and everything. Um, sometimes I'm natural how I am. Sometimes I do like the bam, and I love this as well, but uh, I'm too lazy for it. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this is a good mix for um, also the people outside. They see, hey, Honestly, she's a normal person. She gets yeah. out with a jogger or whatever, doing her groceries stuff, putting her hair up, looking horrible. Yeah. But she don't care because she is what she is. And I think this is a part why people are so gentle with me. <laughs> I'm a big Drag Race fan, okay? I watch it religiously. I watch every possible season in every possible country that it takes place. And uh, I... I could never even speak of RuPaul's Drag Race without bringing the name Latrice Royale to the forefront of every possible memory I have of it. Latrice was such a, a, a swell of emotion, of talent, of raw and fresh thrill. I loved Latrice and especially loved Latrice's season of RuPaul's Drag Race. So when I realized that there was the opportunity out there to get Latrice on a call and have her here on this podcast, I had to pinch myself. No, I had to slap myself to make sure, was this really happening? So Latrice joined me for a chat and we got into all things about being an icon, how to guide people that aren't at the icon legends league level, how to guide those artists into attaining it for themselves and how to approach your artistry. So check out my chat with Latrice Royale. So you're now a, a massive celebrity, let's be honest. I mean, Latrice mm. Royale is known far and wide. Uh, you're also very uh, popular on the social medias, on the platforms, and uh, you've got your podcast. Would you say that there's any responsibility for someone as public facing as you in regards to the communication you put out there, the kinds of content you put out there, especially with how the world is? Yeah, 100%. I feel like, um, you know, what we as drag queens, entertainers, um, have always been at the forefront of our community, inspiring, being the cheerleaders, being oh. the 
ones to stand up and shout out when inequality is happening. And um, we are the ones who give humor and laughter and bring joy in dark times. So um, it's really um, important, especially to me and my brand, and I use that air quotes, um, that I represent my heart. And I wear my heart on my sleeves, and you know that I am so transparent, and there's nothing I need to hide or that I am ashamed of. And so I share my experiences in hopes that I'm inspiring others to know, let them know that they're not alone, number one, and that it's okay to fall down. You know, you're gonna you get back up and you... you I say that my whole little get up, look sickening and make them eat it. It's just like, that's my alma mater. That is my mantra. That is my everything because I'm going to continue to make mistakes throughout this lifetime, but I'm not going to be a victim of my mistakes, of my circumstance. I'll rise above it. And the only way to be above it, baby, is to be a queen, honey. You got to, you got to look, look down upon the people, honey, you you know, let them look up at you. That's right, and baby. you know, I because you can't, you know, you can't let your mistakes be um, your your complete story, and and that for me um, has been my testimony is that I have not let my mistakes dictate my future. Uh, obviously, we had to talk to my father. We had to. Uh, it's nonstop that I meet people and everyone always wants to know uh, what my family thinks of my work. So I brought this question to my dad and I thought, you know what, let's just put it into a whole episode. Let's talk about uh, what it's like being the parent of someone like Laura Desiree, who is very naked uh, at any Google search online whatsoever. So we got into those quote unquote daddy issues. Uh, and I hope that you guys really enjoyed chatting with him. I thought he was super cute and did really well in this interview. Um, he's he's normally a super goofball and will try and do everything possible to embarrass me. And I feel like he really made me proud in this one. So please check out my interview with my dad. <laughs> The number one thing I'm asked from people who know what I do is they say, does your family know what you do? I, I host naked news. I'm naked everywhere. I'm online naked. You can Google Laura Desiree and unfortunately, boom, fortunately for you, <laughs> I'm naked. So um, I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if I've ever actually laid this in front of you, but okay. uh, you know what I do. What yeah. do you think about it? Well, first of all, do you love what you do? Do you like what you do? Do you, Are you passionate about what you do? Does it fulfill you? Um, those are the more important questions. What I think of it is less important than what you think of it. And if you are happy, you are fulfilled, you are uh, creatively challenged, motivated, and are okay with it, well, who am I to say that's not right? Yes, I am your father, but I'm much happier that you're happy than that I'm happy. And I'm does not it, unhappy with what you're doing. I was I'm not say unhappy that. with it. Does it, does it I, disappoint you in any not way? Not at all. No, you're in the world of entertainment, a particular uh, genre within entertainment. And I'm perhaps to, um, to, to credit. I was going to say to blame, but there's no blame attached. I can be credited by exposing my daughters and my children, because I have a son as well, 
to, but I, I, you know, he didn't grow up with me. You did. And Sophie did. But the two of you I raised very liberally, very progressively with a love for pop culture, including very progressive liberal films and all the vast range of pop music that I could pour at you. Uh, and we enjoyed it together as a family. And from that came the directions that you took. I am not one to judge. You know, I'm delighted that you are fulfilled professionally and you say you're naked everywhere. No, you're not. You're only naked within the context of your job. And that is your job. And that's cool. One of the biggest realities about being any kind of a sexual adult in this world today, someone who's having sex, one of the biggest realities is, you know, spending time in your own thoughts and wondering, is this normal? Is this natural? Whether it's your kinks, your fetishes, your sexual appetites, your desires, your fantasies. I spend a lot of time in my own head saying, gee, is this search term, is this a natural thing to be searching? Are there people that might actually be into this? Uh, so I don't know about you, but maybe you, you, you go through that thought process as well from time to time and that's why I love talking with educators who are trying to normalize these discussions on sexual preferences sexual experiences and yes all things sexuality so I had to call on my dear friend Dr. Jana to give us some of that insight on just wearing your sexual pride publicly and making it a conversation that you can have in 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 order to build a community around you. Community is a huge part of really building confidence in your sexual uniqueness. So Dr. Jana sat down with me, we chatted it out, check out this clip. And this is what I mean when people don't realize how important their, their sexual knowledge and their own sexual self-understanding is to their life. I go to one two-hour Zoom seminar and I leave feeling like I know myself so much better and I, mm. I'm not alone in this. Oh, I love it. That, that's a great feeling to have. That's how I, I mean, and even I, you know, I've been lucky for the last however many years of my life to live kind of supported in my sexual weirdness because I have had this sex positive community and everything. But especially now with COVID, that's died off and I don't really have that. And, but uh, so I know it really feels good for me. You know, I end up walking away with insights. I end up walking away with yeah. feeling like, Oh my God, there's so many others like me. Yeah. And I can imagine what it must feel like to the people who don't have, who are not in Brooklyn in like the, the exactly. center, the world center of, of exactly. open relationships and kinkiness. You know? Yeah, there's, that's what blew my mind was that there's people tuning in from around the world having this conversation. Like in the Zoom room, we had people on the other side of the globe. Like, <laughs> yeah, we had people from Iran, from like Malaysia and Bulgaria and uh, yeah, what Ecuador. What's in this experience with Uncensored, what has blown your mind? Oh my God, so many things have blown my mind. I don't even know where to start. I've been blown away this entire time. You know, how much interest there was, how people came together how many different stories there are that we don't really hear about. You know, people have been coming, like there are these guys who've been coming who are neurodivergent. Yeah. They're neuroatypical, right? On the autism spectrum. And, and you never hear their stories unless you're in that particular 
you know, community, you never get to hear their stories. And even in that community, you don't often hear about what is what sex and relationships are like for these people because of all the taboos that exist. And, and yeah, so all these different kinds of people who are coming in and oh, I love it. Okay. Stepmom porn is one of the top trending genres within the industry. And it's been that way for quite some time now, I'd say almost a decade. Uh, so I love chatting with performers that occupy the realm of stepmom porn. I think it's a really interesting uh, narrative, an interesting dynamic that they get to explore in these fantastical fictional scenes that yes, all of you at home love jerking off to. So. Uh, obviously, getting the fabulous Ryan Keeley on the line to talk all about the genre was an absolute bucket list item for me. And I love chatting with Ryan because she's a total weirdo, but she is so sexy, so incredibly intellectual that chatting with her is inspiring, okay? Like, definition of no fucks given. Check out this chat with America's favorite stepmom, Miss Ryan Keeley. We've seen the trend of stepmom become such a huge thing. We've been talking about it for the last 30 minutes. What's yeah. the next big trend? What's the next big genre? Well, I will say this. I was shocked. Um, I think on my first week back shooting with other people, my, my first week, like, feeling safe doing that. Um, I got to have sex with age-appropriate people in a non-blackmail situation three times in a row, three shoots in a row. And I was like... Can hot people just bang now? Yeah. <laughs> wow, are we going to see just two hot people just consensually wanting to do it? I, fingers crossed. I'm not going to make that prediction, but I am going to make that intention. <laughs> so you all know that I love chatting with educators that work within uh, sex education and uh, sexual technique building. And one of my favorite people is... Uh, a very special and very influential guy that happens to hail from Brooklyn. His name is Kenneth Play, and he creates very hands-on tutorials in becoming a better partner in the bedroom and being a more receptive sexual human in the interactions that we have in the bedroom. And Kenneth himself is such an interesting person because his background is, it's lent to who he is today in that he comes from, you know, health and wellness, bodybuilding and bettering oneself and learning to become the master of your own domain. But I love his story and how it turned in uh, to a focus specifically on sex and sexuality for him and what that did for him confidence wise and uh, fulfillment wise. So check out this chat that I had with the incredible Kenneth Play. Hope you like it. So Kenneth, I was so excited to bring you in to do this episode because you fascinate me. All right. You, you occupy this very unique area of sex education. Most of the time when we think about sex education, the general public goes back to their school days and thinks about, you know, a, a staunchy, stuffy teacher showing them diagrams of their reproductive organs. But your focus is specifically on the pleasure uh, that can be conjured and explored in sex. Now, I am not going to be the one to fully describe what you do, but I want our listeners to know about your work. So why don't you tell us about it? 
You know, um, I'm probably the world's most unlikely porn star, if you call me a porn star. I mean, I, I've been shooting with Erica Lust and have a lot of content on Pornhub, but my former career was a personal trainer. I developed a lot of personal training program, coach a lot of different gyms and fitness chains on how to train trainer to create results for their clients. So I always had this obsession about how to not only teach somebody something, I think most people don't really care about the education aspect of sex. What they want to gain is to acquire the skill so they could experience the pleasure they know that their body yearns for. A lot of times that people like have this feelings that yeah, it's not as good as it could be. Is this it or am I normal or whatever it is? And because of lack of sex education, we never teach people not only the information part, but how to develop those skills so they could experience it. So, and and on their flip side, like GQ calls me the world greatest sex hacker and men's health call me the RG king. And I never thought I would live this life because I was a deeply insecure Asian immigrant with an average-sized cock. Like in high school, I was so sexually insecure. I wouldn't even let girls touch my like underwear or reach for my oh. penis because I was so afraid that if they see it, they never gonna fuck me or I never could satisfy them. But at the same time, I was so sexual that you know if what we if we are what we think about the most, I'd probably be a pair of boobs. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I have this like internal conflict. So I became obsessed with fitness, hoping that if I get myself really super fit and have like a Marvel superhero body and learning how to have like really low body fat and gain muscle at the same time, I could, you know, gain the confidence and, and be able to, you know, to find lovers and, and partners I want. Just some rapid fire ones for you. What's mm -hmm. the biggest crime in pussy eating today? I think you just following a freaking script. There's like so many woke bro like like sequins. They make mm. out with you a little, touch your boob, eat your pussy for five minutes, and then trying to fuck you. It's just that the, the intent is too, it's too, it's too predictable. Mm -hmm. So I think the context. I think it really matters. And also, you, I think one of the most annoying things that that a lot of uh, a lot of men do when it comes to eating pussy is that they forget they're not just licking some random area. They have to have an internal GPS to know where the clit is. So never lose contact because you've been doing it so good. You're like hitting the clit and all of a sudden she's moaning and like you decide to lick the hole a little bit and lick over I know, there and you're like, what the fuck? You know, like, well, you were there. You were there, dude. There, yeah. You know, like, why on earth would you shift that? Why would you shift gears? Yeah. I also yeah. require enthusiasm from yeah. the giver can we just like mm -hmm. let that be understood to all listeners yeah. here that yeah. i need enthusiasm if you are going to be down there doing that because if it's something that you're just dialing in and it's you know a, a three minute experience because trust me the three minute one is pretty popular out there in the the general public yeah. um then i'm not believing it whether it's a moan or whether you come up for air and say god damn i don't care what it is i need to know the enthusiasm's there okay ambition career ambition is something I hope to never lose. It ebbs and flows in this lifetime, you know, especially when you're knocking it out of the park, hitting some home runs, it's very easy to feel motivated to keep pounding the pavement. But uh, career ambition is something that I try to fuel within myself every day every possible day. I think that having a burning desire and a visual for the life and the level of success that you want for yourself, all of that is so important in like leading a really happy and really 
satisfying life. So I wanted to chat with someone who is at the very start of their career ambitions in this very specific focused destination. The incredible Evie Envy is a dear friend of mine who just launched a podcast that's all about becoming a porn star. That's actually the name of it. So I thought, let's chat with her about what it's like to be at the forefront, the brink, the very beginning of that journey, and see what it takes to continue and take that step, each step forward, moving forward in this plan to attain your ultimate success. So please enjoy this little snippet of gold that I got with my friend Evie Envy. We were in Los Angeles. We were in downtown shooting in uh, like the flower district. Uh, I oh remember, gosh, yes, remember yes. that factory we were in. It was like yeah, really late at night. It felt like, <laughs> but I remember having a little steal away moment in the corner where you mm. kind of shared this and you were like, I'm considering it. And is it something I'm going to roll out immediately or is it something I'm going right. to let simmer on the stove for a minute? And I swear to God, it's like, you just decided in that moment to seize it because we're talking weeks later, maybe more like months later, but you're actioning it. I mean, yeah. you're actually, you're, you're doing it. And, and what, what does that even mean? Did you just start creating uh, like pornographic content and putting it out there? Because nowadays we don't need the studios and the big production companies to release all of our work. Is that the case? Kind of. So you saw when I had that moment and I was like, oh my God, okay, I'm doing this. Like that flip just kind of like switched. And I feel like after that, I started studying the industry more and more intently. Like I started like as super inspired by Romy and Charlotte Stokely and these girls that we were working with. And I just figured out like, okay, if I'm going to do it, how do I have to do it? Like what's when I'm reaching out to companies, what, what's going to be my calling card. So the first thing I did was start a Twitter and OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. started uploading every day, like subscribing to all my favorite stars, figuring out what they were doing and kind of like <laughs> doing knockoff versions of that. Um, and then eventually I got to a point where I was like so confident and um, I was building a little bit of a fan base. So when I reached out to like companies like trans angels and Groovy, um, they wanted to work with me and I was just like, I was so excited. I, it was the middle of, a, of like COVID. Like that was like when it started and I was like, am I really like, is it wrong for me to do this during like a pandemic? But at the same time, my like friend had just passed away and like there was tons of people that in the world passing away from this pandemic. And I was like, if I don't do this now, what if I never get the chance to do it? Like, what if I'm gone in a month and I never fucking became a porn star? <laughs> Something I need to do more of in my lifetime, and I am aware of it every single day, is really invest in my education in the tech world, okay? Because it's so valuable for content creators and anyone who is occupying space online with, you know, uh, regular viewers accessing their content and interacting with them as personalities. We need to understand the technology. So someone who executes their career with such sophistication, such savvy in the realm of tech is the beautiful Julia Epiphany, who's a Cam4 broadcaster and adult content creator that I fell in love with when we first met on Cam4's Happy Hour. So check out this little snippet of our chat on a recent episode. 
And I love how proud you live your sexual life. Like that is, there's such a freedom to that. I think that it's so valuable for people to explore that for themselves. And you're doing it through your art as well. Like you're sharing this journey with people. Yeah. And that's, that's the point that that is precisely it. I, I want to, you know, share, you know, the journey of my life through erotica and before erotica, you know, I was also known in the technical community and I established, you know, a pretty good uh, reputation as being, you know, very hardworking. Yeah. You know, obviously this, I've never been a public figure before, at least I've never been as well known. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. And I, I, I really love to be able to sort of uh, share the freedom that we are afforded uh, you know, in the Western world, uh, especially with regards to things like erotica. And I, I find it so important that we should, we should really sort of like cherish it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, pe- some people may at the very most fill a diary with some of these confessions of what's bringing them pleasure, but to explore it in such a public facing medium. I mean, earlier you said, uh, I like to ask or inquire with the person I'm shooting with what kinks or, you know, desires they may have. Like, what a beautiful, uh, I guess, uh, experiment to bring to to this medium. That's the idea. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, and also, you know, there are things like social media that factor into it. You know, social media didn't exist. I mean, you know, when the internet first started up mm. and we're, we are um, rich with uh, different ways to uh, express ourselves, to share our lives uh, with the public. Um, and, you know, social media certainly has uh, helped to, uh uh, build a, a, like construct a, a platform for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, you know, it, we lament the loss of our private lives. Uh, but there, the upshot is that uh, you can take advantage <clears throat> of the fact that everybody's uh, lives are, are very, very public now. And, you know, I, I personally uh, I don't want to look at or see social media as a uh, as an impediment to that, mm. uh, but rather uh, to leverage social media and say like, okay, well, I mean, in the Western world, uh, we all have sex lives. And for the most part, we're encouraged to embrace that. Uh, and so let's not let's not lose it. And catching you up to the most recent episode of Licked and Loaded, I'm so excited to share this clip with uh, a true tech soldier for sex workers. This is someone who is uh, a 24-7 activist for the lives and the safety uh, and the reputation of sex workers online. This is someone who is an educator in people becoming more aware of their rights when creating content online. This is someone who is such an inspiration to all of us involved in the adult online realm. Please make sure that you actually listen to this episode in full, and I know you'll want to after catching this clip. This is my chat with the incredible SX Noir. People don't realize that the person at the Starbucks making their coffee has an OnlyFans. Your right. hygienist assistant has an OnlyFans. Like there's, this is such an incredibly massive thing, movement 
industry. And yet we still, you know, feel that we have to walk on eggshells when discussing it or when sharing that aspect of our lives with people for fear that we don't hold legitimacy in the, the real world out there. You know, it's, it's heartbreaking. I, I've definitely had my personal experience with doxing and, and threats and abuse and harm um, simply from being in the industry on many intersections, right? The education, the work, the, the whole, the activism, all the different levels. And what we talked about earlier, the stigma, you know, stigma is absolutely something that kills. Stigma is something that really not only hinders our industry, but it, it hinders the emotional support in our industry. It's really, it's really upsetting. Um, that's also a question I like to ask on my podcast is like, what role does friendship and solidarity play in your work? Because we in the sex industry have to have community. Mm -hmm. We have to have people to talk to. We have to have people to understand what we're going through. And because of all the stigma, there may be people who navigate the sex trade who don't tell their partners, who don't tell their family in fear of true violence and fear of true retaliation. And so on the physical side, there's that. Then also on the digital side, you know, cybersecurity is very, very important. Um, And so when we talk about safety and security for sex workers or those navigating anything around sexuality online, it's really serious. But the one thing that I've learned that's been somewhat disappointing is that, you know, even if you take all the emotional measures you need to, even if you lock your account and change your passwords and do all of that, the reality is, is that the hurt it still exists. Even if you get justice and you can fight for yourself and do all these things, it still hurts to think somebody wants to hurt me because mm-hmm. I'm in the sex industry on any level. And so I think in a, in a fucked up way, it's, it's unavoidable in some ways, de- depending on what height you reach, you know, the higher, you know what they say, the higher you climb, the more people are trying to tear you down. And that's true within the visibility of online work with our, within the sex industry, the, yeah. the more visible you are, the more susceptible you are to violence. Um, and I wish that was something we could change. I, I'm hoping I'm fighting for that. Um, and it's at the root, the root of it is education um, and people understanding different realities and people's empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's scary. It's scary because I even have this conversation at Women of Sex Tech. I, I say to people joining, I'm like, even if you have nothing to do with necessarily sex work, just being in this industry puts a target on your back for harassment. Um, and it's, it's devastating. It's emotionally crushing. And so some tips we like to give are, you know, have, have a support system, have a few people that are in your, you know, your cabinet that you can call and, and, and talk to when you're feeling very vulnerable, um, follow a few activists online who talk about kind of the things that are are infecting you. Right. So if it's cyber abuse, if it's harassment, if it's stalking, um, follow a few people who help with that. Um, so that way you're kind of constantly seeing this, um, preventative harm reduction information your timeline um, so that you're kind of just engaged in that often so it's not as triggering if it if if or when it does happen to you um, and three um, understand your legal recourse so there's a lot of information out there um, and, and I can share it with you to share um, just for harm reduction practices like knowing um, legally what you can and can't do um, people in the sex work in the world it can be difficult to move forward legally for your own safety and others but it feels good to know what rights you do have um, so those are like just a few things I like to share with people as, as harm reduction tactics. Um, and, and last but not least, um, if you are experiencing harassment, it is best to my own, this is from my own experience, this is not professional or clinical advice, but in my experience, it was best to just be 
outwardly open about it to the people who know you. Um, and even have a one pager that says, Hey, so I'm experiencing X, Y, Z harassment. If you're contacted by this, these people or with this narrative, please ignore them. Or, you know, however you, um, there's some scripts out there that help of like, Hey, I'm being harassed by this. These people are saying this, it's not true. Please ignore them. You know, and I apologize if this is triggering to you, but you know, this is what I'm dealing with. And I found that to be helpful for me because I didn't have to come up with the new script every time I was experiencing harassment or someone wanting to dox me. And two, it just showed my very, me being very transparent around it's, this is not true. I'm aware, but it's mm-hmm. not true. And I please respect me and move forward and pass this narrative. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's upsetting though. It's upsetting to think that, yeah, if I get on cam four, I can be a target of harassment just for existing. Right. It's, it's, it's a very upsetting. Well, it's, I think this, it might need a better segue here, but I hear from so many people that operate within the realm of, of content creation and you know content sales, whether those are naked pictures, whether those are videos, whether those are solo videos versus you, you know, uh, uh, with another person or people. I hear this confusion of, do I identify as a sex worker or not? And a lot of people say, well, no, I'm not a sex worker. All I do is sell, you know, naked photos or all I do is sell naked videos. And then other people say, no, 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 I am a sex worker. I'm a part of this. I mean, where can we definitively say you fit within that umbrella, that beautiful red umbrella? Oh, this is such a great question. This is such a great question. And and if anyone who's listening is like, "Mm, I'm wondering for myself what I am, you can be whatever the hell you want to be. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me today on this very special best of episode, getting you all caught up with the conversations that have been going down here on Licked and Loaded. We've got so many fabulous new episodes getting ready to launch. So make sure that you keep up to date with all things Licked and Loaded by subscribing to this channel, liking this channel, and making sure that you always tune in every single week when we drop something new for you to consume. I'm Laura Desiree. Hope you've enjoyed listening. We'll catch you next time.